0: Question 27 of Summa Theologica Tertia Pars, Treatise on the Saviour. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Tertia Pars, Treatise on the Saviour by St. Thomas Aquinas translated by the fathers of the english dominican province question twenty seven of the sanctification of the blessed virgin in six articles after the foregoing treatise of the union of god and man and the consequences thereof it remains for us to consider what things the incarnate son of god did or suffered in the human nature united to him this consideration will be fourfold for we shall consider one those things that relate to his coming into the world two those things that relate to the course of his life in this world three his departure from this world four those things that concern his exaltation after this life the first of these offers four points of consideration 1. the conception of christ 2. his birth 3. his circumcision 4. his baptism concerning his conception there are some points to be considered 1. as to the mother who conceived him 2. as to the mode of his conception 3. as to the perfection of the offspring conceived On the part of the mother, four points offer themselves to our consideration. 1. Her sanctification. 2. Her virginity. 3. Her espousals. 4. Her annunciation or preparation for conception. Concerning the first, there are six points of inquiry. First, Whether the Blessed Virgin, Mother of God, was sanctified before her birth from the womb. Second, whether she was sanctified before animation. Third, whether in virtue of this sanctification, the fullness of sin was entirely taken away from her. Fourth, whether the result of this sanctification was that she never sinned. Fifth, whether in virtue of this sanctification, she received the fullness of grace. Sixth, whether it was proper to her to be thus sanctified. First article, whether the Blessed Virgin was sanctified before her birth from the womb. Objection one, it would seem that the Blessed Virgin was not sanctified before her birth from the womb. For the apostle says in First Corinthians 1546, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, afterwards that which is spiritual. But by sanctifying grace, man is born spiritually into a son of God, according to John 1.13, who are born of God. But birth from the womb is a natural birth. Therefore, the Blessed Virgin was not sanctified before her birth from the womb. Objection to further. Augustine says in one of his letters the sanctification by which we become temples of God is only of those who are born again But no one is born again who was not born previously Therefore the Blessed Virgin was not sanctified before her birth from the womb objection three further whoever is sanctified by grace is cleansed from sin both original and actual if therefore the blessed virgin was sanctified before her birth from the womb it follows that she was then cleansed from original sin now nothing but original sin could hinder her from entering the heavenly kingdom if therefore she had died then it seems that she would have entered the gates of heaven but this was not possible before the passion of christ according to the apostle in hebrews ten nineteen. We have therefore a confidence in the entering into the holies by his blood." It seems therefore that the Blessed Virgin was not sanctified before her birth from the womb. Objection for further. Original sin is contracted through the origin, just as actual sin is contracted through an act. But as long as one is in the act of sinning, one cannot be cleansed from actual sin, Therefore, neither could the Blessed Virgin be cleansed from original sin as long as she was in the act of origin, by existence in her mother's womb. On the contrary, the Church celebrates the feast of Our Lady's nativity. Now the Church does not celebrate feasts except of those who are holy. Therefore, even in her birth, the Blessed Virgin was holy. Therefore, she was sanctified in the womb. I answer that nothing is handed down in the canonical scriptures concerning the sanctification of the Blessed Mary as to her being sanctified in the womb. Indeed, they do not even mention her birth. But as Augustine, in his tractate on the Assumption of the Virgin, argues with reason, since her body was assumed into heaven and yet scripture does not relate this, so it may be reasonably argued that she was sanctified in the womb for it is reasonable to believe that she who brought forth the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth received greater privileges of grace than all others hence we read in luke 1:28 that the angel addressed her in the words hail full of grace moreover it is to be observed that it was granted by way of privilege to others to be sanctified in the womb for instance to jeremiah to whom it was said in Jeremiah one five, before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And again to John the Baptist, of whom it is written in Luke one fifteen, he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. It is therefore with reason that we believe the Blessed Virgin to have been sanctified before her birth from the womb. Reply to objection one. Even in the Blessed Virgin, first was that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. For she was first conceived in the flesh, and afterwards sanctified in the Spirit. Reply to Objection 2 Augustine speaks according to the common law, by reason of which no one is regenerated by the sacraments save those who are previously born. But God did not so limit his power to the law of the sacraments, but that he can bestow his grace by special privilege on some before they are born from the womb. Reply to Objection 3 The Blessed Virgin was sanctified in the womb from original sin as to the personal stain, but she was not freed from the guilt to which the whole nature is subject so as to enter into Paradise otherwise than through the sacrifice of Christ. The same also is to be said of the Holy Fathers, who lived before christ reply to objection for original sin is transmitted through the origin inasmuch as through the origin the human nature is transmitted and original sin properly speaking affects the nature and this takes place when the offspring conceived is animated wherefore nothing hinders the offspring conceived from being sanctified after animation for after this it remains in the mother's womb not for the purpose of receiving human nature but for a certain perfecting of that which it has already received second article whether the blessed virgin was sanctified before animation objection one it would seem that the blessed virgin was sanctified before animation because as we have stated in article 1, more grace was bestowed on the virgin mother of God than on any saint. Now it seems to have been granted to some to be sanctified before animation, for it is written in Jeremiah one five, Before I formed thee in the bowels of thy mother, I knew thee. And the soul is not infused before the formation of the body. Likewise Ambrose says of John the Baptist, in his commentary on the gospel of luke 1 15, as yet the spirit of life was not in him and already he possessed the spirit of grace much more therefore could the blessed virgin be sanctified before animation objection to further as anselm says in on the conception of the virgin 18 it was fitting that this virgin should shine with such a purity that under god none greater can be imagined wherefore it is written in the canticles four seven thou art all fair o my love and there is not a spot in thee but the purity of the blessed virgin would have been greater if she had never been stained by the contagion of original sin therefore it was granted to her to be sanctified before her flesh was animated Objection 3. Further, as it has been stated above, no feast is celebrated except of some saint. But some keep the feast of the conception of the Blessed Virgin. Therefore, it seems that in her very conception she was holy, and hence that she was sanctified before animation. Objection 4. Further, the Apostle says in Romans 11.16, if the root be holy, so are the branches. Now the root of the children is their parents. Therefore, the Blessed Virgin could be sanctified even in her parents before animation. On the contrary, the things of the Old Testament were figures of the new, according to 1 Corinthians ten eleven: All things happened to them in figure. Now the sanctification of the tabernacle of which it is written in Psalm 45 verse 5 The Most High hath sanctified his own tabernacle seems to signify the sanctification of the Mother of God who is called God's tabernacle according to Psalm 18.6 He hath set his tabernacle in the sun But of the tabernacle it is written in Exodus 40 verses 31 and 32 After all things were perfected the cloud covered the tabernacle of the testimony and the glory of the lord filled it therefore also the blessed virgin was not sanctified until after all in her was perfected notably her body and soul i answer that the sanctification of the blessed virgin cannot be understood as having taken place before animation for two reasons first because the sanctification of which we are speaking is nothing but the cleansing from original sin, for sanctification is a perfect cleansing, as Dionysius says in On the Divine Names twelve. Now sin cannot be taken away except by grace, the subject of which is the rational creature alone. Therefore before the infusion of the rational soul, the Blessed Virgin was not sanctified. Secondly, because the rational creature alone can be the subject of sin, before the effusion of the rational soul, the offspring conceived is not liable to sin. And thus, in whatever manner the Blessed Virgin would have been sanctified before animation, she could never have incurred the stain of original sin, and thus she would have not needed redemption and salvation which is by Christ, of whom it is written in Matthew 1.21, He shall save his people from their sins. But this is unfitting, through implying that christ is not the savior of all men as he is called in first timothy four ten. it remains therefore that the blessed virgin was sanctified after animation reply to objection one the lord says that he knew Jeremiah before he was formed in the womb by knowledge that is to say of predestination but he says that he sanctified him not before formation but before he came forth out of the womb etc as to what ambrose says notably that in john the baptist there was not the spirit of life when there was already the spirit of grace by spirit of life we are not to understand the life-giving soul but the air which we breathe out respiratus or it may be said that in him as yet there was not the spirit of life that is the soul as to its manifest and complete operations reply to objection to if the soul of the blessed virgin had never incurred the stain of original sin this would be derogatory to the dignity of christ by reason of his being the universal savior of all consequently after christ who as the universal savior of all needed not to be saved The purity of the Blessed Virgin holds the highest place. For Christ did not contract original sin in any way whatever, but was holy in his very conception, according to Luke 1.35. The holy which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. But the Blessed Virgin did indeed contract original sin, but was cleansed therefrom before her birth from the womb, This is what is signified in Job 3.9, where it is written of the night of original sin, Let it expect light, that is, Christ, and not see it, because no defiled thing cometh into her, as is written in Wisdom 7.25, nor the rising of the dawning of the day, that is, of the Blessed Virgin, who in her birth was immune from original sin. Reply to Objection 3 although the church of rome does not celebrate the conception of the blessed virgin yet it tolerates the custom of certain churches that do keep that feast wherefore this is not to be entirely reprobated nevertheless the celebration of this feast does not give us to understand that she was holy in her conception but since it is not known when she was sanctified the feast of her sanctification rather than the feast of her conception is kept on the day of her conception reply to objection for sanctification is twofold one is that of the whole nature inasmuch as the whole human nature is freed from all corruption of sin and punishment this will take place at the resurrection the other is personal sanctification this is not transmitted to the children begotten of the flesh because it does not regard the flesh but the mind. Consequently, though the parents of the Blessed Virgin were cleansed from original sin, nevertheless she contracted original sin, since she was conceived by way of fleshly concupiscence and the intercourse of man and woman. For Augustine says, All flesh born of carnal intercourse is sinful. Third Article WHETHER THE BLESSED VIRGIN WAS CLEANSED FROM THE INFECTION OF THE FOMES Objection 1. It would seem that the Blessed Virgin was not cleansed from the infection of the FOMES. For just as the FOMES, consisting in the rebellion of the lower powers against the reason, is a punishment of original sin, so also are death and other corporeal penalties. Therefore, the FOMES was not entirely removed from her. Objection to further, it is written in Second Corinthians twelve nine, power is made perfect in infirmity, which refers to the weakness of the formes, by reason of which he, the apostle, felt the sting of the flesh. But it was not fitting that anything should be taken away from the blessed virgin, pertaining to the perfection of virtue. Therefore, it was unfitting that the formes should be entirely taken away from her objection three further damascene says in on the true faith three that the holy ghost came upon the blessed virgin purifying her before she conceived the son of god but this can only be understood of purification from the fomes for she committed no sin as augustine says in on nature and grace twenty six therefore by the sanctification in the womb she was not absolutely cleansed from the fomes on the contrary it is written in canticles four seven thou art all fair o my love and there is not a spot in thee but the fomes implies a blemish at any rate in the flesh therefore the fomes was not in the blessed virgin I answer that on this point there are various opinions for some have held that the fomes was entirely taken away in that sanctification whereby the blessed virgin was sanctified in the womb others say that it remained as far as it causes a difficulty in doing good but was taken away as far as it causes a proneness to evil others again that it was taken away as to the personal corruption by which it makes us quick to do evil and slow to do good but that it remained as to the corruption of nature inasmuch as it is the cause of transmitting original sin to the offspring lastly others say that in her first sanctification the fomes remained essentially but was fettered and that when she conceived the son of god it was entirely taken away in order to understand the question at issue, it must be observed that the fomes is nothing but a certain inordinate but habitual concupiscence of the sensitive appetite, for the actual concupiscence is a sinful motion. Now sensual concupiscence is said to be inordinate in so far as it rebels against reason, and this it does by inclining to evil or hindering from good. Consequently, it is essential to the fomes to incline to evil or hinder from good wherefore to say that the fomes was in the blessed virgin without an inclination to evil is to combine two contradictory statements in like manner it seems to imply a contradiction to say that the fomes remained as to the corruption of nature but not as to the personal corruption for according to augustine It is lust that transmits original sin to the offspring. Now lust implies inordinate concupiscence, not entirely subject to reason, and therefore if the fomes were entirely taken away as to personal corruption, it could not remain as to the corruption of nature. It remains therefore for us to say either that the fomes was entirely taken away from her by her first sanctification, or that it was fettered. Now that the fomes was entirely taken away might be understood in this way, that by the abundance of grace bestowed on the Blessed Virgin, such a disposition of the soul's powers was granted to her that the lower powers were never moved without the command of her reason. Just as we have stated to have been the case with Christ in question 15 article 2, who certainly did not have the fomes of sin, as also was the case with Adam before he sinned, by reason of original justice. So that, in this respect, the grace of sanctification in the Virgin had the force of original justice. And although this appears to be part of the dignity of the Virgin Mother, yet it is somewhat derogatory to the dignity of Christ, without whose power no one had been freed from the first sentence of condemnation and though through faith in christ some were freed from that condemnation according to the spirit before christ's incarnation yet it does not seem fitting that any one should be freed from that condemnation according to the flesh except after his incarnation for it was then that immunity from condemnation was first to appear consequently just as before the immortality of the flesh of christ rising again None obtained immortality of the flesh, so it seems unfitting to say that before Christ appeared in sinless flesh, his virgin mother's or any one else's flesh should be without the fomes, which is called the law of the flesh or of the members, as is stated in romans seven verses twenty three and twenty five Therefore, it seems better to say that by the sanctification in the womb, the virgin was not freed from the fomes in its essence but that it remained fettered, not indeed by an act of her reason, as in holy men, since she had not the use of reason from the very first moment of her existence in her mother's womb, for this was the singular privilege of Christ, but by reason of the abundant grace bestowed on her in her sanctification, and still more perfectly by divine providence preserving her sensitive soul, in a singular manner, from any inordinate movement, Afterwards, however, at the conception of Christ's flesh, in which for the first time immunity from sin was to be conspicuous, it is to be believed that entire freedom from the fomes redounded from the child to the mother. This indeed is signified in Ezekiel 43.2. Behold, the glory of the God of Israel came in by way of the East, that is, by the Blessed Virgin. And the earth that is her flesh shone with his that is Christ's majesty. Reply to objection one death and such like penalties do not of themselves incline us to sin, wherefore though Christ assumed them, he did not assume the fomes, consequently, in order that the blessed virgin might be conformed to her son from whose fullness her grace was derived, the Fomes was at first fettered and afterwards taken away, while she was not freed from death and other such penalties. Reply to Objection 2. The infirmity of the flesh that pertains to the Fomes is indeed to holy men an occasional cause of perfect virtue, but not the sine qua non of perfection, and indeed it is quite enough to ascribe to the blessed virgin perfect virtue and abundant grace nor is there any need to attribute to her every occasional cause of perfection reply to objection three the holy ghost effected a twofold purification in the blessed virgin the first was as it were preparatory to christ's conception which did not cleanse her from the stain of sin or fomes but rather gave her mind a unity of purpose and disengaged it from a multiplicity of things. infer Dionysius on the divine names for since even the angels are said to be purified in whom there is no stain, as Dionysius says in on the ecclesiastical hierarchy six the second purification effected in her by the Holy Ghost was by means of the conception of Christ, which was the operation of the Holy Ghost. And in respect of this, it may be said that he purified her entirely from the fomes. Fourth Article Whether by being sanctified in the womb the Blessed Virgin was preserved from all actual sin. Objection 1. It would seem that by being sanctified in the womb, the Blessed Virgin was not preserved from all actual sin for, as we have already stated in article 3, after her first sanctification, the foam is remained in the virgin. Now the motion of the foam, as even if it precede the act of reason, is a venial sin, albeit extremely slight, as Augustine says in his work on the Trinity. Therefore, there was some venial sin in the blessed virgin. Objection to further augustine in his questions on the new and old testament number seventy three on the gospel of luke two verse thirty five thy own soul a sword shall pierce says that the blessed virgin mary was troubled with wondering doubt at the death of our lord but doubt in matters of faith is a sin therefore the blessed virgin was not preserved from all actual sin Objection 3 further. Chrysostom expounding the text, Behold thy mother and thy brethren stand without seeking thee. In the Gospel of Matthew says, It is clear that they did this from mere vainglory. Again, on John 2 verse 3, They have no wine. The same Chrysostom says that, she wished to do them a favor and raise herself in their esteem by means of her son and perchance she succumbed to human frailty just as did his brethren when they said manifest thyself to the world and a little further on he says for as yet she did not believe in him as she ought now it is quite clear that all this was sinful therefore the Blessed Virgin was not preserved from all sin. On the contrary, Augustine says in On Nature and Grace 36, in the matter of sin it is my wish to exclude absolutely all questions concerning the Holy Virgin Mary on account of the honor due to Christ. For since she conceived and brought forth him who most certainly was guilty of no sin, We know that an abundance of grace was given her, that she might be in every way the conqueror of sin. I answer that. God so prepares and endows those whom he chooses for some particular office, that they are rendered capable of fulfilling it, according to 2 Corinthians 3.6, who hath made us fit ministers of the New Testament, Now the Blessed Virgin was chosen by God to be his mother. Therefore there can be no doubt that God, by his grace, made her worthy of that office according to the words spoken to her by the angel in Luke 1, verses 30 and 31. Thou hast found grace with God, behold, thou shalt conceive, etc. But she would not have been worthy to be the mother of God if she had ever sinned. First, because the honor of the parents reflects on the child, according to Proverbs seventeen six, the glory of children are their fathers, and consequently, on the other hand, the mother's shame would have reflected on her son. Secondly, because of the singular affinity between her and Christ, who took flesh from her, and it is written in Second Corinthians six fifteen, What concord hath Christ with Belial? Thirdly, because of the singular manner in which the Son of God, who is the divine wisdom, according to 1 Corinthians one twenty four, dwelt in her, not only in her soul but in her womb. And it is written in Wisdom one four, wisdom will not enter into a malicious soul, nor dwell in a body subject to sins. We must therefore confess simply. That the Blessed Virgin committed no actual sin, neither mortal nor venial, so that what is written in the Canticles 4-7 is fulfilled, Thou art all-fair, O my love, and there is not a spot in thee, etc. Reply to Objection 1. After her sanctification, the Fomes remained in the Blessed Virgin but fettered, lest she should be surprised by some sudden inordinate act antecedent to the act of reason and although the grace of her sanctification contributed to this effect yet it did not suffice for otherwise the result of her sanctification would have been to render impossible in her any sensual movement not preceded by an act of reason and thus she would not have had the fomes which is contrary to what we have said above in article 3 we must therefore say that the above-mentioned fettering of the fomes was perfected by divine providence not permitting any inordinate motion to result from the fomes reply to objection to origin in a homily on the gospel of luke and certain other doctors expound these words of simeon as referring to the sorrow which she suffered at the time of our lord's passion Ambrose, in commenting on luke two verse thirty five says that the sword signifies Mary's prudence, which took note of the heavenly mystery for the Word of God is living and effectual and more piercing than any two-edged sword confer hebrews four twelve Others again take the sword to signify doubt, but this is to be understood of the doubt, not of unbelief but of wonder and discussion. Thus Basil says in his letter to Optimus that the blessed Virgin while standing by the cross and observing every detail, after the message of Gabriel and the ineffable knowledge of the divine conception, after that wondrous manifestation of miracles was troubled in mind, that is to say, on the one side seeing him suffer such humiliation, and on the other considering his marvellous works. Reply to Objection 3. In those words Chrysostom goes too far. They may, however, be explained as meaning that our Lord corrected in her not the inordinate motion of vainglory in regard to herself, but that which might be in the thoughts of others. Fifth Article. Whether by her sanctification in the womb the Blessed Virgin received the fullness of grace. Objection 1. It would seem that by her sanctification in the womb, the Blessed Virgin did not receive the fullness or perfection of grace, for this seems to be Christ's privilege, according to John one fourteen. We saw him as the Only-Begotten, full of grace and truth. But what is proper to Christ? ought not to be ascribed to someone else. Therefore, the Blessed Virgin did not receive the fullness of grace at the time of her sanctification. Objection to further, nothing remains to be added to that which is full and perfect, for the perfect is that which lacks nothing, as is said in Physics 3. But the Blessed Virgin received additional grace afterwards when she conceived Christ. For to her it was said in Luke one thirty five, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and again when she was assumed into glory. Therefore it seems that she did not receive the fullness of grace at the time of her first sanctification. Objection 3 further. God does nothing useless, as is said in On the Heavens and the World. Number 1. But it would have been useless for her to have certain graces, for she would never have put them to use, since we do not read that she taught, which is the act of wisdom, or that she worked miracles, which is the act of one of the gratuitous graces. Therefore, she had not the fullness of grace. On the contrary, the angel said to her, Hail, full of grace. In Luke chapter 1, verse 28, which words Jerome expounds as follows in a sermon on the Assumption, Full indeed of grace, for to others it is given in portions, whereas on Mary the fullness of grace was showered all at once. I answer that, in every genus the nearer a thing is to the principle, the greater the part which it has in the effect of that principle. Whence Dionysius says in On the Celestial Hierarchy 4 that angels being nearer to God have a greater share than men in the effects of divine goodness. Now Christ is the principle of grace authoritatively as to his Godhead instrumentally as to his humanity. Whence in John 1 verse 17 it is written Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ But the Blessed Virgin Mary was nearest to Christ in his humanity because he received his human nature from her. Therefore, it was due to her to receive a greater fullness of grace than others. Reply to Objection 1 God gives to each one according to the purpose for which he has chosen him. And since Christ as man was predestinated and chosen to be, predestinated the Son of God in power of sanctification, according to Romans 1.4. It was proper to him to have such a fulness of grace that it overflowed from him into all, according to John 1.16. Of his fulness we have all received. Whereas the Blessed Virgin Mary received such a fulness of grace that she was nearest of all to the author of grace, so that she received within her him who is full of all grace and by bringing him forth she in a manner dispensed grace to all reply to objection to in natural things at first there is perfection of disposition for instance when matter is perfectly disposed for the form secondly there is the perfection of the form and this is the more excellent for the heat that proceeds from the form of fire is more perfect than that which is disposed to the form of fire. Thirdly, there is the perfection of the end, for instance, when fire has its qualities in the most perfect degree, having mounted to its own place. In like manner, there was a threefold perfection of grace in the Blessed Virgin. The first was a kind of disposition By which she was made worthy to be the mother of christ and this was the perfection of her sanctification the second perfection of grace in the blessed virgin was through the presence of the son of god incarnate in her womb the third perfection of the end is that which she has in glory that the second perfection excels the first and the third the second appears first from the point of view of deliverance from evil for at first in her the sanctification she was delivered from original sin afterwards in the conception of the son of god she was entirely cleansed from the fomes lastly in her glorification she was also delivered from all affliction whatever it appears secondly from the point of view of ordering to good for at first in her sanctification she received grace inclining to her good in the conception of the son of god she received consummate grace confirming her in good and in her glorification her grace was further consummated so as to perfect her in the enjoyment of all good reply to objection three there is no doubt that the blessed virgin received in a high degree both the gift of wisdom and the grace of miracles and even of prophecy, just as Christ had them, but she did not so receive them as to put them and such like graces to every use as did Christ, but accordingly as it befitted her condition of life. For she had the use of wisdom in contemplation, according to Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these words pondering them in her heart but she had not the use of wisdom as to teaching, since this befitted not the female sex, according to 1 Timothy 2.12, But I suffer not a woman to teach. The use of miracles did not become her while she lived, because at that time the teaching of Christ was to be confirmed by miracles, and therefore it was befitting that Christ alone and his disciples who were the bearers of his doctrine should work miracles, hence of john the baptist it is written in john 1041 that he did no sign that is in order that all might fix their attention on christ as to the use of prophecy it is clear that she had it from the canticle spoken by her my soul doth magnify the lord luke 146 and following sixth article WHETHER AFTER CHRIST IT WAS PROPER TO THE BLESSED VIRGIN TO BE SANCTIFIED IN THE WOMB. OBJECTION 1. IT WOULD SEEM THAT IT WAS PROPER FOR THE BLESSED VIRGIN AFTER CHRIST TO BE SANCTIFIED IN THE WOMB, FOR IT HAS BEEN SAID IN ARTICLE 4 THAT THE BLESSED VIRGIN WAS SANCTIFIED IN THE WOMB IN ORDER THAT SHE MIGHT BE WORTHY TO BE THE MOTHER OF GOD, BUT THIS IS PROPER TO HER, THEREFORE SHE ALONE WAS SANCTIFIED IN THE WOMB objection to further some men seem to have been more closely connected with christ than Jeremiah and john the baptist who are said to have been sanctified in the womb for christ is specially called the son of david and of abraham by reason of the promise specially made to them concerning christ isaiah also prophesied of christ in the most expressed terms and thus the apostles were converse with christ himself and yet these are not mentioned as having been sanctified in the womb. Therefore it was not befitting that either Jeremiah or John the Baptist should be sanctified in the womb. Objection 3 further. Job says of himself, in Job 31.18, From my infancy mercy grew up with me, and it came out with me from my mother's womb. Nevertheless, we do not for this reason say that he was sanctified in the womb? Neither, therefore, are we bound to say that Jeremiah and John the Baptist were sanctified in the womb. On the contrary, it is written of Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 1.5, Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And of John the Baptist it is written, in Luke 1.15, he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. I answer that. Augustine, in his letter to Dardanus, seems to speak dubiously of their sanctification in the womb, referring to Jeremiah and John the Baptist. For the leaping of John in the womb might, as he says, signify the great truth, notably that the woman was the mother of God which is to be made known to his elders, though as yet unknown to the infant. Hence in the Gospel it is written, not that the infant in her womb believed, but that it leaped. And our eyes are witness that not only infants leap, but also cattle. But this was unwanted because it was in the womb. And therefore, just as other miracles are wont to be done, this was done divinely in the infant, not humanly by the infant. Perhaps also in this child the use of reason and will was so far accelerated that while yet in his mother's womb he was able to acknowledge, believe, and consent, whereas in other children we have to wait for these things till they grow older. This again I count as a miraculous result of the divine power. But since it is expressly said of John in the Gospel that he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb, And of jeremiah before thou camest forth out of the womb i sanctified thee it seems that we must needs assert that they were sanctified in the womb although while in the womb they had not the use of reason which is the point discussed by augustine just as neither do children enjoy the use of free will as soon as they are sanctified by baptism nor are we to believe that any others not mentioned by scripture were sanctified in the womb for such privileges of grace which are bestowed on some outside the common law are ordered for the salvation of others according to 1 corinthians 12:7 the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man unto profit which would not result from the sanctification of any one unless it were made known to the church and although it is not possible to assign a reason for God's judgments, for instance, why he bestows such a grace on one and not on another, yet there seems to be a certain fittingness in both of these being sanctified in the womb by their foreshadowing the sanctification which was to be effected through Christ. First, as to his passion, according to Hebrews 13.12, Jesus that he might sanctify the people by his own blood, Suffered without the gate, which passion Jeremiah foretold openly by the words and by symbols, and most clearly foreshadowed by his own sufferings. Secondly, as to his baptism in First Corinthians six eleven, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, to which baptism John prepared men by his baptism. Reply to objection one. The Blessed Virgin, who was chosen by God to be his mother, received a fuller grace of sanctification than John the Baptist and Jeremiah, who were chosen to foreshadow in a special way the sanctification effected by Christ. A sign of this is that it was granted to the Blessed Virgin, thenceforward, never to sin either mortally or venially, whereas to the others who were thus sanctified, it was granted thenceforward not to sin mortally through the protection of God's grace. Reply to Objection 2. In other respects, these saints might be more closely united to Christ than Jeremiah and John the Baptist, but the latter were most closely united to him by clearly foreshadowing his sanctification, as explained above. Reply to Objection 3. The mercy of which Job speaks is not the infused virtue. But a certain natural inclination to the act of that virtue. End of question twenty seven. Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.